What's up, guys? We're going to choose podcast. My name is Saul Monoli, at Saul Monoli NBA on Twitter. As I try and figure out the technology for this video podcasting stuff, uh, we have on Craig Ackerman of AT&T Sportsnet. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, I'm, I've been better. I've been better. You know, like... I'm I'm young, so I'm supposed to understand technology, right? Like that that's that's what they tell you, right? That's what the handbook that you you're supposed to know how to use this stuff. So is and, there an wait? Let me ask you a question: Is there an age cutoff that determines young, and you you supposed to? Am supposed I not to, young anymore? Am I? No, no, no. I'm asking you: What is the age cutoff where if you're under a particular age, you're absolutely supposed to understand how to use all the tech that's available anywhere at any time? I don't know, honestly. I I just know that every at every point in my life, I've been technology inept, and people have told me that I should be apt. You know. Okay. Yeah. Is apt a word? I guess adept is the, is the proper <laughs> word. If it's not a word, you just invented one, and I like it. Yeah, professional writer. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, we should probably talk about the Rockets at some point. So, were you were you at summer league? Uh, no, I did not go. I I you know I, I you know I I've actually never been to- really. NBA Summer League. I really want to go. I'm strongly considering going uh, next summer. There was actually a couple of summers probably going back at least five years ago, probably five to ten years ago, where the NBA held their annual broadcast meetings uh, in Vegas during the Summer League. Uh, And I just so happened to be on family vacations during both of those. So that's when I probably definitely would have been there 100%, but I have never been there. I've always wanted to go. Uh, And again, I'm strongly considering going next summer. Yeah, it's it's definitely an experience, and I'm actually really surprised you haven't go because you're such a diehard basketball fan that you would like enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun, and that's what mm-hmm. everybody you know everybody tells me. It's just kind of like wall to wall ball, and and one thing you know, it's been a long, long time since I've done any college basketball, and but one thing I do, I did really enjoy about college games was a preseason conference tournament or the conference tournament. Right. And so you have all the teams there in one place. It's a really kind of cool atmosphere and vibe. And so, yeah, yeah. One of these days I absolutely need to cross Vegas summer league off my bucket list. And now that I think about it next year, it might be like the perfect year to go because the prospects coming up are like supposed to be like generational. Right. 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 And it'd be, it'd be a hell of a first year. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be packed. Oh, a bit. If I, if I, if I may, a bit of advice, if you do go, Get in and out in three days, do and go at the beginning of summer league. Do not go at the end, and do not go past three days. <laughs> it's been a long. It's probably been tw- it's been twenty plus years since I've been in Vegas. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, I, I will. I will try to heed that advice. Yeah, it's just like especially because the prospects drop out so quickly, like the top end prospects, because they're they don't want anybody to get injured. Um, after those first few days, it really becomes a slog. Nobody really wants to be there anymore at that point. After day three, everybody there is working summer league, not enjoying summer. League. Okay, noted. Noted. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, you did watch the games, of course, right? Yes, absolutely, for sure. So, what are your impressions of number three overall pick Jabari Smith Jr.? Well, I, I think a lot of the hype that came with him in regards to his defense um, was certainly well-deserved. Uh, very, very encouraging on that end of the floor. Now, obviously, he did not shoot the ball well um, during uh, his time uh, in the summer league, um, which I guess on some minor level was a bit uh, disappointing. I mean, look, you expect these guys to kind of hit the ground running, right, and to be anything and 
everything that they were they were hyped up to be at the beginning. But his defense was certainly there. The shot, um, as many of the the the, the Rockets uh, coaches and front office, including Rafael Stone, have mentioned, they're not worried about that. And frankly, I don't think they should be either. Um, I think the shooting um, will come. It looked like at times um, he, he was. Uh, I don't know if aiming is the correct word. Um, at least that's the way at times it looked like to me uh, when watching those games look like he might've been trying to, to aim as opposed to just sort of relax and shoot, but this defense, his length, all of that um, was as advertised and I'm, I'm excited about him on the team. I look, I, I think to me, he was the guy originally that I thought amongst the top three guys would for this particular roster where this group is and where the other players are and what their strength and weaknesses are, he would have been the best fit. And so I'm going to stick with that. Um, I, I, and again, he's, he's young. I think he will be an excellent fit. I think he's got an extremely bright future uh, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Listen, like my impression going into summer league was that I thought Jabari Smith jr. Was the worthy number three overall pick. And I still believe that I, I haven't changed. I haven't waiter, wavered on that at all. Uh, I know Keegan Murray killed it. I know Jay Nivey killed it. Jay Nivey is actually the one that I might've considered, but even considering Jay Nivey, I still would have leaned um, Jabari Smith Jr., especially for the Rockets in particular. The Rockets needed a player like this. They needed a player with defensive versatility that could shoot the basketball and spread it out for uh, their guys, right? And I thought the two guys on the board that were able to do that were Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith Jr. And if you weren't going to get Chet, then getting Jabari is a hell of a consolation prize. I mean, the guy can defend out there on the perimeter, like legitimately looks like a wing out there on the perimeter. Doesn't doesn't seem at all uncomfortable or that it's out of his grasp or anything that he's, you know, out there defending these guards. And it, it seems so natural for him. And that is that for him was as advertised. Like everybody said he was that kind of switch defender and he was exactly that. Um, the shooting. So I'm not worried about it at all, honestly. Like it, four games is, is such a small amount of time when you really think about it. And shooting slumps can extend like 10 sometimes 15 games. I mean, you've seen it. Like, right. And it's and you never know when they come. They're so random. You never know when they end. It's so random. And with great shooters, they're going to go on shooting slumps. It happens. It's not like a big deal. This might have been, just been, been a case of like, this was, they picked a, you know, you pick a random sampling of games and this happened to be the bad sampling of games where he shot the ball poorly. And he still managed to be effective without shooting the basketball. Right. Um, now, now, now I'm not just talking about defensively, like offensively, like the guy was getting to the free throw line, like, you know, doing all his little tricks to draw, to debate people into fouling him. And I think that's a real mark of like a fit, uh, like high level efficiency because if, if the jump shot's not falling, find ways to get points on the board and free throw shooting is definitely a way to, that he's going to be able to successfully do that. It's not only that he can get to the free throw line, it's that he's going to shoot a high percentage of the free throw line and his um his jumper looks so fluid, looks so natural, very textbook. I again, no doubt that it's going to go in. Um, and he did uh, get to the basket. Uh, had had a, a few nice moves where he would spin move, go to the attack the basket, go into the chest of the defender. Uh, and you know, th like those little stuffs, you know, that kind of stuff impresses me. And I'd like to see more of that from him. Um. And, and, and the scouting report about him being so long and his jump shot basically being 
unblockable. I think all of that was true. I mean, I think he, exactly. especially on those, on those turnarounds um, around the elbow, which he was very effective with in college um, as well. He's, he's, he's going to be able to get his looks. I think um, at least initially he's going to have to be somebody that's going to have to be uh, set up by his ball handlers. There wasn't a ton of that going on with this particular group uh, in, in, in summer league, but um, look, he's, he's got an enormous amount of talent. He's got the measurables. Um, he's super young. He will continue to, and I've been on various other podcasts and have discussed this ad nauseum as well. I think unlike Chet Holmgren, as he grows older and matures, he, his body will fill out. I am still very much um, skeptical that Chet Holmgren will ever fill out with his body type, but I do believe that Jabari will. Um, and, um, and yeah, look, I, 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 I think the Rockets would have been thrilled to get any of the top three guys. I think that's where they were um, when they realized they were picking in the top three, where they were coming out of uh, the top three. Um, Jabari, obviously, up until basically the last 24 hours, was number one on so many people's uh, boards. And so, look, the Rockets got an incredible talent. He's going to be just fine. Uh, he fits in the timeline. He fills the the some of he plugs some of the holes, particularly the defensive holes that this team so desperately needs to fill moving forward as it tries to grow, develop, and get better. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm very bullish on him and his future. And look, sometimes, um, you know, summer league is not the end all be all of predicting where somebody ultimately might, might be. And in fact, a lot of it really doesn't matter um, at all in many instances. But I think the, the things that, especially again, the signs were incredibly encouraging for him on the defensive end of the floor, especially with his ability to defend and play multiple positions that 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 versatility that switchability is so important in today's game um yes um i think he's gonna i think he's gonna have a very bright future here and that's what makes his floor so high that is a postseason skill being able to defend out on the perimeter multiple positions not be uh shaken by who you're defending or who your assignment is on a given night um, like that's something that's going to immediately translate to postseason basketball. And so is three point shooting, uh, which was another, you know, you mentioned the defense being a weakness. Three point shooting was not a strength of using no. at all. Yeah. Like they were like 23rd in the NBA in three point percentage. They were and, okay, but their consistency level was, yeah. was just, they were either really good or not so much. They've got to, they've got to become a more consistent three point shooting team. That's one of a handful of areas that they have to get better at if they expect to take, another step and then ultimately the following steps that make them a playoff team. And then hopefully on down the line back into contending status. Right. And, and, you know, they didn't have the personnel to get better at three point shooting. And this is, this is someone that will help you get better at three point shooting and like slots in immediately for them at a position that makes sense. Um, I, I think he's going to be fine. You know, the ball handling is a concern, right? Like, I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Like, for someone, when you draft someone number three overall, you are expecting them at least a little bit to become some sort of creator. I think that's going to take some time. As you said, he's going to have to be set up initially. That's fine. Like, on this roster, he's going to actually have a lot of breathing room to be able to grow into that kind of player. Uh, He's not going to be asked to do anything crazy. Uh, there are capable ball handlers and creators all over the Rockets, and you know they're not gonna—they don't have to. He doesn't have to do that for them. That's not what they need right now. 
Um, and, you know, his game kind of reminds me, um, you know, I'm not sure what you think of this comparison. Offensively, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, like just like, you know, maybe not the guy you want, uh, you know, bringing the ball up or, you know, for attacking from the perimeter, but like the fadeaway twos, uh, he loves getting to that area. And like the difference is LaMarcus was too stubborn to actually stretch out to the three-point line, right? And Jabari... He has that willingness. Well, except when he played the Rockets in that playoff series in games one and two at Toyota Center, and he was just ridiculous. Yeah. Two games where he put up 40-plus and was hitting turnaround fadeaway threes, falling out of bounds. What year was that? Was it 2012? 2014, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's it's been a minute. It's been no no that that might have been yeah, that was 2014. That was the Chandler Parsons switch, I remember, on Dame. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, that was that, yeah, that was that series. Yeah, that because they came in, won games one and two uh rockets and then again they were 0.9 away from forcing uh game seven and bringing it back to houston where i think they absolutely would have won that series but uh, it is what it is right but like the offensively that's the guy i can see him becoming and you know lamarcus uh you know he had he had a few more uh like go-to moves like in the post but like when coming out of college but like largely he was kind of like this right like he he was kind of someone that needed to work on ball handling uh was a hell of a shooter like he had the beautiful jumper coming out. Everyone thought he was going to be a great shooter in the NBA, and he was. Um, and you know, a guy that uh, was consistently able to get you fifteen to twenty points per game, make a few, make a few All Star games, and you know, stretch out the defense. And I think Jabari will be able to do that to the upteenth, um, you know, uh, exponent. I don't know what, what am I saying. He, he'll he'll be able to do that even more because of his three-point shooting and he will also be able to defend and i thought i thought his motor is actually a little bit better than lamarcus lamarcus at times like sometimes he doesn't get the ball in a few possessions he kind of shuts off a little bit and jabari never shuts off at all like every possession he is on and i i don't know i think i think that's a good bar for him you know if he if he can strive to be that kind of offensive player um I think I think the Rockets are really happy uh, with that selection at number three, and I, I think even if he never reaches that kind of offensive ceiling, the, where, where he is defensively is going to make Houston happy because that's exactly what they need. Uh, I'm just I, and another. I'm just glad that they have some length uh, mm-hmm. on this particular group because you know you went in and uh, when you're watching these games, um, regular NBA games on TV size of these athletes don't necessarily it doesn't really come across all that much but when you're there in person and you see these teams with so much size in particular length um and people who can just swallow you up um that was something the rockets um quite honestly have been kind of they just they have they really didn't even have much of that during the harden era uh either they weren't necessarily um uh the rangiest longest team going in the league. Um, but I'm glad that they've, they've, they've added some of that with him. And obviously with Easton too, I'm sure we'll talk about him here in a moment. He was incredibly impressive uh, during his uh, summer league debut, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad they've added some of that. And I think, again, I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be just fine. I think his, his skill set where he is, where he fits in now with the timeline and the roster and the other players uh, around him, I, he's going to be just fine. He is super young too. He's like nineteen, and like yeah, I, just turned. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, he's got a lot of time. He's got a lot of time, and I think I think he's starting at a good baseline. Uh, you mentioned the length. I, I you know a quick antidote. I remember walking around like the Bowser Toyota Center uh, when the Bucks came into town, 
And everybody there, like I could not look anyone in the eye because they, they were all like three feet ahead of my, like just towering ahead of me, like Brooke Lopez, Giannis, um, Chris Middleton, like everybody there was giant and massive. I felt like I was on a different planet than where these guys came from. Um, and like that, that's the fact that Houston can, you know, now start to match up with some of these bigger teams. I think that's, that's something, you know, it's, it's nice to have that in your back pocket. Um, but you mentioned Tari Eason. And you're right. We were going to talk about him. Tari Eason, he impressed the hell out of me, man. I, I did not see him. Offen- defensively, we, we knew he was going to be this, right? Like, I, he, this is exactly the kind of player he was advertised to be. Offensively, I was not someone who thought that was going to translate. Like, I would admit, like, I thought he was going to be your kind of typical 3 and D wing at the NBA level. And I even wrote that in my blurb uh about Tari Eason, I was like, he, he's really capable offensively at the college level, but def, you know, at, at the NBA level, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do some of this. And at least against NBA level athletes, he was doing some of this. You know, he was leaking out in transition, getting out, um, and you know, getting easy baskets, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line, making three pointers. Like his offensive upside is something I may have underestimated. Like he can be kind of. Jeremy Grantish offensively. If if he if he hits his ceiling, like he that guy is going to be really capable offensively, and you can play him at three, four, I, even at the college level for LSU. He was playing backup five at points, which is uh, crazy versatility. And the Rockets now have like Jay Sean Tate, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr. These long switchable athlete defenders. Uh, that can play multiple positions that, you know, p- together could form like a hell of a wall um, in the front court for for them. I I, I, I like the ability. I like his ability to to get into the corners and shoot threes. Like the Rockets last year shot fewer corner threes than any team in the league, and I think a lot you know corner three point shooting has a lot to do with floor spacing. And as we all know, with Jalen Green um, and Kevin Porter Jr. being the athletes um, that they are, the more space that they have to operate with, uh, the better off this team is going to be moving forward. It was nice to see uh, Easton sort of slide into that corner three-point spot that we saw was occupied all those all those years by P.J. Tucker. But, yeah, he was incredibly um, impressive. Obviously, his physical measurements are comparable to Kawhi Leonard. I'm not comparing him to Kawhi Leonard, who's um, you know, a Hall of Fame player. But his physical measurements are very similar. He's got um, – as Again, the, the scouting report on him was he's got an, a, a very high motor. Uh, I think that was was evident as well. Um, very athletic. Um, yeah, I, I think athlete. Uh, like like one of the best athletes in the draft. I mean, yeah, I, I, and, and again, I, to me, if he can, it seems. I guess I don't know if this was a knock on him coming into the draft. It seems to me his release from his jump shot release might be a tad bit on on the slow side, but I think as long as he has the requisite space needed to get off that shot, it looks like he's going, you know, fingers crossed. He'll be a, a, a reliable um, three point shooter, particularly again from those corners, which I think is very important for this team moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought he was, he was extremely impressive. Um, another guy again, and, and going back to Jabari, it seems like when he was, and, and it's his only summer league, but, it's when when Jabari sat, things kind of kind of got out of hand, right? So even though he wasn't efficient on offense, that speaks to I think his impact on the floor. I think Tari is going to be another guy like that. 
uh, moving forward. And again, um, he's a little bit older, has a little bit more maturity in him. I, I, again, when I saw him, when he came in for the initial press conference, I was like, wow, he does kind of, he is built like Kawhi uh, Leonard. So uh, I thought that was an excellent pick. I know he was somebody that a lot of people going into the draft um, really wanted. Um, and there he was. And the Rockets uh, added him. And uh, and I'm looking forward to watching him in training camp and, and the um, and in the preseason, I had a chance to, you know, I, I did go to a workout, uh, before they left, uh, for Vegas. Cause I wanted to see them practice before the ultimate left. And in that workout, so again, the same things that we're talking about now with Easton and Jabari were evident there, uh, in, in that practice. So yeah, I mean, if, if the Rockets can to steal kind of your, your, your bucks, uh, analogy, um, and look, they have to get it. They have to get better defensively. There's no question about it. Uh, they were the worst defensive team in the league last year. If Shingun is somebody who can basically hold his own, much like Brook Lopez, right? Uh, even though he's not nearly the stature of Brook Lopez, but if he can hold his ground, and he's a big-bodied guy, if he can hold his ground, and then you can have guys like Smith and Eason, in essence, with their length, wall off one-third of the floor, much like the Bucks do um, with Giannis, there is personnel, there's the ability personnel-wise to get better um, pretty quick uh, defensively. So um, again, fingers crossed that 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 will be the case because I think if they're going to make any strides, if they're going to be any strides this year, I, 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 this is still about growth and development. I, you don't want them to be the worst team in the league, right? That should be goal number one to not be the worst team in the league for the third consecutive year. But outside of that, to me, where this will be an incredibly successful season will be as a group, how much better are they defensively from day one to the end of the season? If they're growing and developing and getting better defensively, then th this group um, will be uh, on the right track. Because I think ultimately, much like last year, even though they had some deficiencies on offense, we talked about the three-point shooting. There just wasn't enough consistency there. They got to cut down on their turnovers. They were last in the league by a mile in that department as well, which in part – really hurt their defense because they were giving up so many easy buckets in transition. But I think they're going to, I still think, I think they're going to be fine offensively, especially with green and Porter, who I think are going to have monster offensive seasons. I really do. Uh, I think both are, uh, will are capable of scoring 20 plus points per game. I think similar to what we saw at the end of last season, when, when, when wood was kind of um, was sat down at the end of last year, I, offensively, I think they're going to be good enough. But I think if they can make strides defensively, then they'll definitely be on the right track as a team. Yeah, Eason, uh, I briefly mentioned, guy was a analytics darling. By the way, uh, he was someone that you know the 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 you know the modeling systems thought this guy should have been like somewhere should have been a lottery pick by far. And some even had them had him in the top ten. Like that, that's how high the modeling systems. So did Shingun. A lot. There were some people. That, I mean, the Rockets felt that he was. They tried to get oh, yeah. him at six. I mean, yeah. and there were other people who felt that he was uh, uh, absolutely based, especially on the advanced metrics, that he was a top top ten player, um, if not you know higher than that. So um, if if and Shingun was really impressive last year. And he was impressive. He hit the ground running last year at the very start um and I, and i think i think easton might be another one of those guys that's going to be able to hit the ground running yeah i mean i was tipped off the shangun thing last year about him you know killing it on these uh measurables uh i mean on these modeling systems and like two guys that you know i was told to watch out for going into the draft 
was uh, Tari Easton and uh, Keegan Murray. So just take take that for what you will. You know that that that's just these guys seem to know what they're doing, <laughs> or like these systems seem to be doing something right. Um, anybody else stick out to you before we move on? I mean, I, I mean we're gonna, we might as well talk about Ty Ty Washington, right? I mean, he had a very good feel for the game. Um, you know, uh, shifty. I think he's you know ultimately, I think his his ceiling is probably backup guard as as we move forward. I don't know with there's only so many players you can play in a particular rotation. Um, I don't know how much playing time, at least initially, he's going to get at the NBA level. Perhaps maybe something similar to Josh Christopher, who ultimately forced his way uh, into the rotation as the season wore along. But I think he's got a real nice feel for the game, which was very important for a point guard. Um, he's going to be a table setter, which is very important um, for a point guard, uh, somebody who can settle things down, which is extremely important. Again, back to my point of for a team that turned the ball over a ton. I mean, back-to-back years where the Rockets turned the ball over um, uh, way too much. Um, but I, I was I was uh, very satisfied with what I saw from him uh, in that regard. I thought it was a terrific job of asset management by Rafael Stone of the Rockets front office um, with the way they ultimately drafted him and moved back and acquired future assets. I thought that was a pretty smart play uh, there uh, from from uh, from an office perspective. Um, and uh, look, I, look jo- I thought Josh Christopher at times uh, probably tried to do a little bit um, too much, but uh, during during the summer league, at times he forced things a little bit. But um, it was pretty evident that that level of play um, that he was kind of beyond uh, that. And again, I think we saw that last year anyway with him. Um, I'm excited to watch Josh Christopher again this season. I, I think he kind of gets lost in, in in the shuffle a little bit with the excitement with Green and Shingoon and so forth. But I think he had a very solid uh, rookie season. I think he's got a very bright future um, as well. Great physical tools um, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought to me, obviously, I think Eason was the guy who stood out more than anybody. Um, I think that's why he was first team all summer league. And I think it was a deserved uh, recognition. Um, it was it was great to see him and Smith crash the glass. The Rockets, again, one area, one reason why another area that they need to improve upon to get better defensively is they've got to finish off possessions with rebounds, something that they did not do last year. And so if, if Smith and Eason can stay committed to the defensive glass, um, that will help uh, moving forward. But I, I think it was another really, really good draft. Now, again, the team's going to be super young, really young, very inexperienced. That ultimately doesn't lead to a ton of winning. But again, as I said earlier, that's not what this season again is all about. It's still about the growth and development um, of these young players. And as it started to other guys around the league, other players around the league have started to talk about how much talent the Rockets um, have amassed. And I think that's absolutely true. And I'm excited to, to, to watch them grow. Yeah, it, it does seem like last year they went all offense in the draft. And this year they went all defense, right? And, you know, it, it, these guys are going to slot in pretty well. They're going to be very nice complementary pieces to what they have going Um yeah, it's not going to take a long time for Tari Easton to become a fan favorite. Like the guy is going to be beloved, like very fast, uh, like really, really 
fun guy to watch, especially when he leaks out uh, and you know gets steel, gets hands on balls, gets the offensive going. It's going to be really fun. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on Ty Ty. Good, really good organizer. Uh, very natural point guard. You know, guy who you know could tell has played the point guard position most of his life. Uh, and I think I think he's going to be a guy um, that's going to be in play for that backup point guard spot, as you said, uh, for the Rockets. Um, so you did mention Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, and you talked about how you thought he could be a 20 points per game guy. Let's talk about Kevin Porter Jr. Because I am I am writing about him this month. And KPJ is someone, uh, to be frank, I, I, I don't have much faith in becoming a long-term starter on a, a championship-level basketball team. I think he's going to be a very good player. That that you know you can believe both things, right? You can believe I think he's not a championship level point guard. Still think he's going to be a very good player and will play in important playoff games. And I think I'm not I'm you know more and more starting to not be as dismissive of the idea that he could become a starter one day. And that's because of a conversation I had um, this week with the scout, you know, who told me you know reminded me of a player I didn't like very much uh, in the late 2000s, you know, um, and, and, you know, this was a guy who I thought, I don't know why they just keep starting him. I don't, I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense. He's not, I don't think he's that, I don't think he's that good, but this, this team just kept on starting and kept on hammering into the ground. And lo and behold, you know, he, he went on to make an all-star team. Uh, that declares Mike Conley, you know, Mike Conley was a guy, you know, early on had his struggles in, in Memphis, but that team was, you know, internally believed in him. I front office down, down to every single player on the roster. And, you know, even if people on the outside had their doubts, even if there was frustrations about his play or his efficiency scoring the basketball, they just kept hammering it down. Like this guy could be a really good player one day. This guy is capable of being a starter on a championship caliber basketball team. And he did. He, he, he became that guy. So, uh, you know, it's just a reminder that these guys are projects sometimes, right? It's okay if, if, if they're rough in the beginning. But, you know, maybe give them some time. Sometimes not everybody hits right away. Sometimes it takes three, four, sometimes even five years of growing pains. And then you'll see the player become what they're going to become. It takes a lot of patience, a hell of a lot of patience to keep on running it back. Like, like the Grizzlies legit had to wait five years before he became a positive basketball player, but he became that guy. And those reps mattered. You know, the fact that they gave him those starting reps, they mattered. So, you know, I think, I think I'm going to look at, you know, Kevin Porter jr. A little bit differently next year. I think I'm the bad games, the bad stretches. I'm going to give it um, some time. You know, I'm, I I think I'm willing to at least wait it out uh, and not be as dismissive as I have been in the past. Well, and look, I mean, the Rockets, the organization is in a position here, and, I, and I, they've, I, they've ultimately played the situation with his extension, I think, the way that they've, they've been patient, the way they should have played it. Look, I, I, the organization believes in Kevin Porter Jr., the player, and they believe in Kevin Porter Jr., the person, um, as well, uh, despite some of the, the hiccups. Um, there, is a, there is a very strong support system for these guys, not just him, but but in particular him, but it's this team from the organization and, and, uh, and the coaches, they, they, they believe in who he is now. And, but, and again, ultimately though, this is going to be an important year for him. I mean, look, he's obviously looking for um, uh, generational uh, wealth, if you will, with a contract um, extension. So this is an important year 
uh, for him. Um, I, I think he is super talented and um, the Rockets they're in a, where they are in their developmental stage is that they do have the luxury to give him one more year, give him another year to figure out, okay, who are you? What, what, what is your role? Where is your place? Are you ultimately a starting caliber player on a good team? Uh, is your future more of a six man role? So on and so forth. But they, they have the opportunity with where they are in this developmental curve to give it another season with him. I look I think another large part of the upcoming season is <clears throat> with Shingun obviously on the fast track here to become the full-time regular starter at the center position. What, what exactly, where exactly does he fit? What, what, what exactly is, can we table this? Yeah. We're going yeah, to we, we yeah. get to that too, but yeah. it, I think it's kind of similar to that. They're going to get the, they have another full season. Look, the second half of last year, Kevin Porter jr. Was terrific. He was brilliant um after again you go back to the end of the season um when when wood sat down and i think in part we haven't talked about the the christian wood trade but in part what that trade did which is so important to nba teams is that um it uh reset the hierarchy um here with this group uh moving forward which i think will benefit kevin it's obviously going to benefit uh jalen green uh, it reset roles um, if, if Kevin can repeat his second half of last year moving forward, and I think, I think you, you might have something, um, where he look, turnovers were down, shooting numbers were up, uh, rim attacks were up. Um, but look, if with him, if, if he does take that next step, all, I think that's all the best for the organization. Um, if he ultimately, doesn't and maybe his his future isn't necessarily as a starter on a, a playoff team or maybe that role is more of a six man um you know ultimately i think this still might be a place that will have a future and fit for him because how much the organization is stuck by him um i think that has meant a lot to him personally and obviously business always becomes a factor in this moving forward and ultimately the only factor in this for both the organizations and players um, when it comes to contract talks. But um, I, I think he has another, I think he had, this is the best opportunity he's had in his brief NBA career to prove to not only the Rockets, but the league on where he is, who he is as a player. And um, can he be, uh, you know, um, a foundational, a true foundational piece for this team on into the future. Yeah, uh, you're more optimistic about him receiving that news about not, not being a starter than I am. Uh, but the, I think I, he's I, I think he's going to have a big year. I, I look now. Does the big year ultimately translate to more wins? I don't know, but I think number wise, he's. I think he's going to put up some crazy stats this season. I think him and Jalen Green are going to have so much space to work with, right? Um, and with with Shingun as on, the offense. I'm a huge Shangun guy. Okay, as, okay. As you can tell. But uh with him as the hub, sort of making sure everything operates well. I do think I do think Kevin Porter Jr. is gonna have a big, big season. Okay. And, and I promise we're gonna get to Shangun. I promise <laughs> we're gonna do it. Um so yeah, I I I I agree. Like he he, he towards the end of the last season, he definitely got better. Like the three point percentage was 
you know, an area he definitely improved at. He became a more capable catch and shoot guy. It was in the 40 percent catch and shoot guy. Yeah. He was like 40 something percent from catch. I think and it was shoot. almost, it was, I think it was closer to 50%. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was killing it. He was killing on the catch and shoot jumpers. And, um, you know, for this particular team, that could be a, a, a trait that proves really, really useful. Um, and defensively, he got better as an on-the-ball defender. Still has a lot of areas to improve in. You know, he he was really a b- below water uh, before last year. Got closer to sea level, we'll say, uh, last season. And we'll see how if he improves in that area again. Um, I d- I should note that he was dealing with a thigh injury last year, like that that nagging thigh bruise, that bone contusion, like that was you know, ailing him all of last season and it never felt like he could, you know, get a hold of it. Um, So, you know, I don't think, I don't think that's going to be an issue going into next season. You know, I think, you know, he's had a lot of time to rest on that. He's had a lot of time to recover. Um, And I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see how he does uh, with a full year of health, you know, knock on wood. Um, So I have bet Adam Spolane that the Houston Rockets will win 10 more games than they did last year. They won 20 games last year. I think they can get to 30. I think they can get to 30. Is it too ambitious? Probably, but that's how much I like what they did with the roster this summer. Uh, if these pieces hit, I think there's a very clear vision here for a team that can compete at a high level. Um, look, if they get to 30 wins, it would be an enormously successful season. I, mean, I think a good target, obviously, would be um, 25 to 30. Um, and you know, and if they get if they got to 30 on the high end, I think that would be an incredibly um, successful season. Uh, look, ultimately, if this team ends up winning more games than most people are predicting that they will, that's a that's a good thing because that means they have a ton of talent here, and this talent is maturing and growing and heading in the right direction. Um, ultimately, if they fall a little bit short of some of those those win totals, well, there's another great draft coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I think they're in they're in a pretty good spot. Um, Either way, I, am, am I am I ready? Do I do I think as of right now, without seeing this team on the floor against NBA competition, do, do I think this is a team that's going to compete um, for a playing spot? No, I do not. Um, no, I don't either. Yeah. As of right now, no, no, I don't. Now, if they ultimately do, again, that's icing on the cake. Um, but there, this typically this is a process, and you have to take steps in the right direction. And we talked about some of these other guys. The biggest, the biggest question, the biggest thing ultimately, whether it's now or a year from now, and I think we talked, I haven't talked about this in other forums 12 months ago, is the is the Rockets generation is the generational talent that they need to play at the highest level? Is that player already on the roster right now, or are they not? And mm-hmm. in the NBA, frankly, a lot of this stuff around the fringes doesn't really matter until you have somebody like that. And ultimately we're talking about Jalen green, right? Is yeah. Jalen green right now? Is he a generational talent? Is he ultimately a future top 15 guy in the league? If he is again, a lot of the Rockets have a ton of talent. And then if he is, then all this other stuff ultimately will work itself out and they will be just fine. Um, if he isn't, then they're going to have to ultimately find that particular player in the draft or via a trade or free agency uh, moving forward, like much like they did um, with James Harden in the trade from Oklahoma City, but that—that's that, what they need. They need Jalen Green to be that guy, and if he ultimately is that guy, 
that all this other stuff, they have plenty of talent. They have ultimately moving forward. They have all signs, all kinds of cap flexibility, still tons of future draft assets. Um, th- they will be just fine. Um, oh, but ultimately, la- I said this going into last year, the biggest question is who is Jalen Green? I still think that's the most important thing for this team this season. Is he that guy? Can he be that guy? Will he be that guy? And we'll find out. If he is, everything else will fall into place. His stretch from January to the end of the season, like he was playing like an all-star. Like if he had played like that for the entire season, he would be in contention for a Western Conference all-star spot. Like that's how good he was. He was shooting ridiculous, like like near 40% from three-point line. I think he was 60% true shooting. Uh, at the rim, he improved like crazy. Uh, mid-range jumpers, he was getting to it at will. Um, obviously, the highlight plays are always going to be there. But he got to a point where he was one of the worst uh, shooters in basketball last year, and he got to league average. He was 55% true shooting at the end of the season. That's league average. So he was scoring 17 points per game on league average efficiency for his rookie year. That's really impressive. I think the other areas I want to watch for him the defense, obviously. Um, he, again, that that goes for everybody, but especially him. I think <laughs> I think he, he he has a lot of work to work on uh, defensively. Um, playmaking. I think he, you know, it's cool to average three and a half assists per game if you're like the third or fourth best player on a championship team. If you're like the first or second guy, you need to get to like five to six to seven assists per game at least, and uh, that's some that's an area he needs to get better at. Uh, and I think he can get better. He can stand to get better as a rebounder. I mean, he he is a ridiculous athlete. I mean, to see him get get stuff off the glass and go go full court with it would be nice. I think you know that that's an area of his game that he can improve. Uh, and you know the the fact that he has all these areas of the game that he can improve in, and he was already at such a high baseline does bode well for him potentially being one of those guys that you mentioned being that cornerstone talent, being that generational guy that can be one of your best players on a championship team. I, I 100% agree. All that other stuff does not matter. And most importantly, and I would ask you to brace yourself, Craig, <laughs> I think this is the year that my guy, Alperin Shingun, becomes a household name for NBA fans. Uh, I know that's a little crazy, uh, but I'm writing about it right now. It could be out by the time I release this podcast. I think Shengun establishes himself as one of the best two players on the roster. I think the Rockets have done a good job at insulating him defensively with Tarese and Jabari Smith and Jay Sean Tate. Um, I would expect at least two of those guys to hit and be in the starting lineup alongside Shengun. Uh, the Rockets can now successfully surround Shengun with defenders and shooters. And I think that's super valuable for a guy who plays the way that he does. He's going to have shooters all across the floor at every position, especially if Eric Gordon is is on the roster uh, come opening training day, training camp, and he's a starting, he's, he's, you know, he gets a starting spot. You got a lineup of KPJ, Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, Jabari Smith Jr., and Alperin Shingun. I mean, forget about it. I mean, like, these guys can ca- all catch and shoot threes, uh, and Shingun will be able to find them. And I cannot wait to see how Jalen and Shangun play together in particular this season because we didn't get to, to see a lot of it last season. They played together a grand total of 55 minutes last season. And those minutes were largely consisting of terrible floor spacing. Uh, these two guys make sense together. Uh, 
And you want to know who I like, what I see as an absolute apex for this duo uh, and clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, people are going to think this is crazy, but who cares? This is my podcast. Uh, <laughs> brace yourself. Jokic and Murray. That, that's who I see. And listen, I'm not the first person to make the Jokic comparison with Shengun. Uh, when I went to Houston's training camp in Galveston last year to write my story on Shengun, that's the name that kept coming up. And I never brought it up. You know, that wasn't me. That was them. You know, I was I was sure to, to be there, record it, and write it down. But I never brought it up myself. Uh, you can go back and read it somewhere. It's somewhere in my archives. But Murray and Green, isn't. it's not like a perfect comp. Uh, but it works because the of how well both of these guys move without the basketball uh, and how well Green could potentially work alongside Shingun. One of my favorite qualities about Green and, you know, when I was watching him play with the Ignite is how willing he was to move without the basketball and play off of others. If he does that next to Shingun, if he's doing some of that cutting, uh, that, you know, running around screens to, to get to get open threes, Shingun will find him and they'll be able to generate easy offense off of each other. I can't wait to see it. I don't care if people think that's too bold. I, I think um, that kind of pairing is their both of their apexes. And I think um, I, I think they make a lot of sense next to each other, especially with high-level defenders and shooters surrounding them at every position. I, I, I can't wait to see it. I, I want to see those two guys play together so badly. I want, I want, I can't, I, they're definitely going to play more than 55 minutes. That might happen within the first week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah I'm, I, again, I am a huge Shangoon fan. I went, I was in the practices the first week of training camp, and I thought Shangoon was by far the best player they had in training camp. I mean, he I was just wowed by his basketball IQ, his passing ability, his feel for the game. We saw that obviously when he was on the floor. He will be the straw that stirs this drink um, this season. Uh, I, I look. He does have many Jokic-like qualities. No, there's no question uh, about that. I am. I will stop short of comparing. You know, Jokic is an all-time great. Um, and Shingun, if say he were three inches taller, uh, maybe I thought. Maybe, maybe I think we could get a little closer. Um, hey, I said Jokic and Murray. I never said he is Jokic. <laughs> Uh, a little closer to that, but he does again. He, he as a big guy, right from the high post. You can throw the ball, right? And everything else can operate off of him and his feel. Um, he can be a the, hub for the game. And, and, and again, as I said earlier, I think this season will – can he be – there are some people I've talked to in the league who aren't exact – who don't think – they think he's, he's ultimately a backup quality talent because he doesn't necessarily have a position, if you will. I disagree with that. But I'm excited to very see, strongly. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm excited to see that as someone who's going to be playing 30 plus minutes um, a game, someone who's going to be consistently matched up with guys like Jokic and B. Can he hold his? Again, I, he doesn't have to. He's not going to be a rim protector, but physically, and he's again, he's a well built guy. He may not be the tallest five in the league, but he's a well built guy. Much like the the Brooke Lopez analogy I use, can he hold his ground right with his strength? He's got a real good lower base. Can he hold his ground and then allow the Rockets' athletes and length around him now with this roster to protect the rim better than they did in last year? 
Can, can that happen? Will that happen? To me, that's what I'm looking for him defensively. Can he continue to hold his ground there? And obviously, he's just going to wow again, I think, offensively with his passing ability. And he's a, and he's one of those talents where he doesn't he doesn't need 15 shots a game, right, to have a high-level impact on if your team wins or not, right? He can take eight shots a night, right? You, play, you, he's, you, run, you, you have him as your hub. Everything else will work off of them. You've got cutters, um, uh, you know, and, and when the Rockets, if they if they cut and play off Shingun, if teams overplay the cut, there's going to be guys open like Jabari Smith and Eric Gordon if he's on the roster and so forth, and Kevin Porter Jr. to knock down shots. And I think we can already trust Shingun to make the right play in that regard. Um, I, I think he's a, I think he's a special talent. I really do. Um, but I still think we need there's there there is a little bit of a jury still out on what his fit is, what his natural position is in this league, and is he a full time starter as well? But I am ecstatic to find out because I am I I am very bullish on him in his future. I think where I ultimately land on him is he's a center. I think that that's the position that makes the most sense for him. Um, can he have, can he eventually be a guy who can stretch the floor for you? Yeah, but if you play power forward, you have to be able to switch at some point. And I don't th- ever see him being someone who's going to be able to switch, right? And so can he be a guy that's able to capably rim protect? I think that's that's something I can see for him. Well, now, the rim, you're talking about block, rim protection. You no, can rim protect like, and And look, the Golden State Warriors were an elite rim protecting team and a lot of times they were doing it. And Kevon Looney's not exactly an elite shot blocker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times they were doing that without Looney because, first of all, you have to rim protection starts always starts with stopping dribble penetration. And you already alluded to that in terms of the defensive growth of both Green and Porter Jr. has to get better, right? They have to stop the ball at the point of attack better than they have the last couple of years. Period. End of story. They have to do that. Then you combine. We talked about the length of guys like Easton and Jabari Smith, um, that that's a factor as well. You've got to make passing lanes very difficult, but you don't necessarily have to be an explosive shot blocker to protect no. the rim. And so that's why I said that I think if he's going to become a rim protector defensively, it's going to be about holding his ground, right? Positionally, holding, yeah. Yeah, positionally holding your ground and then allowing some of these other guys to help clean up some of that stuff around the rim as help defenders. Right, and I think I think he did a pretty decent job at that last season. I I thought yeah, I thought it was yeah, yeah, and like I I thought. But now he's going to be going consistently right. against frontline guys. Absolutely, it's going to be totally different, right? And you know, being the guy that impresses off the bench in fifteen minute stretches is, is completely different than being a star- full time starter and going up against Embiid, Jokic, uh, all the best centers in the NBA, Bam, whoever you want to whoever you want to put out there. Uh, he's going to have to defend those guys. Uh, but I think with, you know, normal player development, obviously he's going to get stronger. Obviously he's going to, you know, learn defensive schemes, going to learn drop coverage, going to understand all this stuff better. Uh, can I think, do I think he can be someone who, you know, plays good drop defense as a center and protects the rim, you know, uh, with capable defenders next to him with like athletes next all around him. Yeah. I think he can be that guy. And I think part of the reason I'm confident he can be that guy is again, because they have this insulation in the front court. And I think obviously uh, Jalen has to take a big step as a point of attack defender and whoever plays next to Jalen, if that's KPJ, if that's uh, someone else, they have to be a plus, right? Like Jalen can be someone that is 
you know, sitting at league average. Whoever's next to Jalen has to be a league plus defender, right? He has, he has to be someone that's legitimately stopping dribble penetration. Um, because otherwise, I don't though I don't know if it's smart to put all your eggs on Jalen Green becoming that guy, right? And I think it's I, if you can do that as a team building, you know, going forward, you've already accomplished the hard thing, which is finding athletes to play in that front court next to Shingun. If you can find, if you can player development wise or uh, trade wise, free agency wise, find another guard that can be out there on the perimeter next to Green. You have a defense that can theoretically work. Obviously, all of this is theoretical. We're talking about a team that's average age is like 22. And right? Shingun, as of the recording of this podcast, hasn't even turned 20. <laughs> right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, still hasn't turned 20. Yeah. I did. I, I didn't know that. I thought he was 20. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, actually, the, he's, I don't know when you're, when you're posting this, but he actually turns 20 in a couple of days. Okay. He, July, I, July the I, I 25th on is his birthday. So we're recording okay. Happy this birthday, on July the 23rd. Happy birthday, Shangun. It's gonna come out Monday. Happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting to see how he develops moving forward. And next year, I mean the, the runway is clear for him, you know, to have a big year to to really uh show people what we've been talking about in in hushed tones. Uh, you know, hopefully that becomes a conversation nationally because the guy is a hell of an offensive player. Like he is so good. Uh, not only the the passing, we obviously we gush about that, but he is such a skilled post player and one of those guys who I think can be uh, someone you can throw the ball to and legitimately uh, expect to score like one point two points per one hundred possession. I mean, one point two points per possession. I think that I think you can get to that point. And if you can get to that point, you're you're a guy that a team can rely upon to score. And I I think you know I think he can do that. I. I I would not be at all surprised if he gets to like 17 or 18 points per game next season. That's how confident I am in him. Uh, I, I just, I just think his usage is going to go up. I think um, again, like sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes uh, you see it in practice. It's like, okay, yeah, this guy should really be getting the ball more. This guy should be someone we should be highlighting a little bit more. I think it happened uh, after some, I think it happened after uh, training camp, you know, like, he was killing it in training camp and he did not go down to the G league. He was a sixth or seventh man on the team because of how well he performed in training camp. Yeah. He's super talented. Yeah. Uh, he, he is. I'm super excited. I, I, I know what I'm all this crap that I'm saying. It's, it's a little bit bold. It's a little bit out there. Um, but he makes me really excited. Like he's, he's the kind of basketball player uh, that I get really excited to go watch. He's fun. Like he's yeah. like fun. Like Jalen Green is fun. Like mm-hmm. these guys are fun. Like uh, carve out the start, the one in fifteen start from last year. Just kind of eliminate <laughs> that. This was a for for a team with the worst record in the league for the second straight year. They were fun. This was a fun group. I mean, especially yeah. the second half of the year. They still weren't winning a ton of games, but this they were like a highlight factory. Um, and. Um, you know, and you saw uh, the blueprint too. Like it started to sh- take shape, like especially with Jalen Green. Yeah, uh, and Shing- he's just he's just fun. And G- Jalen Green is he's just such a he's just a freak, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and and, uh, and but Shin his Shingun's passing was just it was it was I, I and, and just go type in his highlights in YouTube or something. They're the passing. They're just I occasionally will just watch those i'm just like it's incredible and it gets me so excited about the upcoming season because he's going to be playing more often 
Uh, look, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. Um, right. That, that's a know, big thing we probably should have mentioned. Right. Got to stay out of foul trouble, mm-hmm. which is one step for young bigs that can take sometimes. Got to stay out of foul trouble. But man, he is, he's crazy talented. But I think ultimately we'll find out whether or not he can keep up with the Joneses, if you will, as a frontline five uh, in the league when he gets matched up on a regular basis. Now, look, there, there aren't as many behemoths, um, traditional behemoths in the league anymore. Um, but can, ultimately, can he hold his own um, uh, as a defender and allow – and I think, again, holding your ground and then allowing – and I think we saw quite a bit of this in the summer league with Jabari Smith. He's got terrific instincts as a weak side help defender, right? And he can cover so much ground so quickly with his length and his ability to, to, to move horizontally. Um, that's, that's what Shingun has to do. Hold your ground, hold up your guy. Um, and then you'll, you'll get some help. And again, I think if they can do that, the defense will work itself into becoming respectable, which is something, again, this team desperately needs. That's you would prefer better than respectable, but we want to take steps here. They've got to get to respectable defensively first, if they expect to take any other further steps as a team. As I was watching summer league, uh, this year with the Rockets, I was just picturing like like w- this is this is a case with all great pastors. You just picture the way that great pastor can utilize all these new tools, these new toys, as you if you will. Like just imagine Tari Eason like leaking out in transition, Alperin Shengun grabbing the board and finding him it, it, for a full court kind of pass, which I think he can do, uh, or uh, finding shooters like Jabari Smith Jr. in the corner, like because he's always going to be trailing or in that corner. Like, like just the ways he can utilize these new pieces that they brought in, um, it's going to help. I, I think it's going to help him a lot. Uh, the foul trouble, big key. Of he has, he has to get better. He to to play thirty minutes a game, you have to you know be under six fouls a game, and uh, I think that's something that the Rockets are going to have to really work on with him. Uh, and he's going to have to really work on. Yes, you're undersized. Everybody knows that. Uh, you know, you may not be the strongest guy out there, but you ha- you cannot be fouling these guys. You you have to find other ways to be effective. Put your hands up. Let the guy score on you. If that in a last case scenario, uh, do not foul because that the team is going to need you offensively. Well, if he is in foul trouble, it would be disappointing. But perhaps maybe that means some minutes for Boban, and that's never a bad thing from an excitement standpoint. I, I completely forgot. Completely <laughs> forgot he's, that he's on the roster. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, like, you know what? I think Boban's really good. Actually, I think he's very yeah. skilled. Like his his lack of mobility at times hurts him. One thing I will say is that um, another area of the Rockets have to get a, a become more consistent finishing around the rim when they practice and Boban is standing at the rim. They'll learn to get more consistent trying to finish over the top of that mountain. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I I, I, com- I completely forgot that Boban was on the roster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and he, apparently he's America's greatest teammate too. So. Um, right, he, he he's won some teammate of the year award, right? Or, or, it seems like everywhere everywhere he's been, everybody loves this guy. Like his teammates love him. Um, Tobias you know. Harris was a fan. I'm sorry. Tobias Harris was a fan. He what? They were the the Toby and uh, Bobby thing, and yeah. Not to yeah. mention he's an actor. You know, he's like a legitimate movie star. So he he did a fantastic job in that movie. I, I, I don't think we talked enough about how Boban performed in hustle. Like, like he was such, he did such a great job of being the European player stereotype. Oh, I'm actually older than listed. I have this kid that's 12 years old that, Oh, he's five. It was great. It was great. It was a great. I, like, movie. And it seems like any team he's been on, like he's beloved by the fan base. 
Um, uh, so, uh, look, he's not ultimately. If, if the Rockets are in the, on the right track, he's not going to be playing much, if at all, which is basically for the most part been his MO in his career. But I think just having him on the team, I think, will be uh, an added bonus. I'm, I, I'm, I'm frankly excited to kind of get to know him because everybody speaks – so, uh, Ryan Hollins loves the guy, and, and uh, I, I don't know what stop that Ryan was was at where he was teammates with him, but he he loves the guy. He says he, he's incredible. He's such a good person. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I don't. I don't know, know, Ryan was in so many different places. Yeah, I'm not sure that, where that's, it was. that's why it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe no, he wasn't a team. Uh, Ryan knows everybody. All, all I know is he speaks very highly of Boban um, as as uh, as a person. Um, so. Yeah, that locker room is going to be upbeat, and and that's important for a rebuilding team, right? And I think I think you know having guys like that, we're just fun to be around, even if the, if they're not you know heavy contributors or something. It's it just it's just nice to have, and I think he can actually be a contributor. I mean, uh, that backup center position is going to be there for someone to claim, and he's a veteran and he's played in the NBA before, and he's going to be someone uh, that the Rockets may have to lean on if uh, if uh, Shangun does struggle with the fouls, or you know if if somebody else struggles with fouls, it's, it's, it's going to be. Uh, a fun team to watch next year. I can't wait. I, I, I like last year was. Uh, you're right. It was a. It was the you know the worst team in basketball, but significantly more fun than the season before, where they were yeah. the worst team in basketball, but there didn't seem to be any hope. And this last season, it's like they were the worst team in basketball, but there is that glimmer of hope, and it looks so fun to watch. Yeah, and we we look. We still haven't talked about Eric Gordon. Obviously, we have to wait and see whether or not he's on the roster. Come, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that he won't be here. I mean, the, the rumors have been swirling with Eric Gordon now for uh, 12 months. Um, right. But, um, you know, we haven't talked about Jay Sean Tate. I thought his extension was was certainly worthy. I think he's set to have another uh, really good season. We haven't brought up K.J. Martin, who I think is a very solid player um, a, a, as well. Um, and I know I briefly mentioned the, 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 the sort of the hierarchy, I think, has been reset by the Christian Wood train, trade, which is super beneficial yeah, um, I, I intentionally avoided KJ Martin because you're on the podcast. Oh well, I, I, look, I, I, like I don't know what his status is, but I do know I do like him a right. lot. Um, and so I'll ask you this question: as of as of right now, well, let's just assuming Eric Gordon is with the mm-hmm. team, um, how do you see the Rockets' rotation playing out? I think I would start Eric Gordon. I, I like I like if he's him on the roster. Time. He's absolutely starting. He's not coming off the bench. Yeah, I, KPJ, he's here, he's starting. right. Yeah, I, and it makes a lot of sense. Like KPJ, um, Jalen Green. I think Eric Gordon's the guy I'd start at three. Uh, it gets a little tricky now uh, because you have Jay Sean Tate, who's been a starter for you for three All years. Right, that's right? six. All right, that's six. No, I would start. I would. St- I would bench him. That. That. That's no. No. Not to worry, you're, okay. We, you basically mentioned your starters: Green, Porter, uh, Gordon, uh, Smith. And Shingun and right, Tate, that, that's, Tate is six, so that's six. Right. Six. Oh, you talking about the rotation? Okay, uh, six, and then I'd probably. You got Eason. That's seven. Yeah, Eason. Christopher probably, is eight. Christopher, I'd probably like in terms of like my like dependable guys. That's where I'd stop, and then I'd play around with the roster a little bit. Like Ty Ty. I, I think Garrison Matthews is going to play. We haven't talked about him. Oh, yet. forgot about yeah. So many players um, on the team that I Garrison has no. put on some weight this summer. Now, whether or not he can keep that weight once they start playing games every other day and all that stuff, but he has bulked up a little bit. And they're going to have uh, him for a full year this year. Um, uh, I, I, I actually went to a, also went to a couple of workouts this summer and he shot lights out. Um, that's nine guys right there. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, 
an effective NBA rotate. I know so many people want teams to play 10. It's so tough to affect, in my opinion, so tough to effectively, maybe this is a little of the Mike D'Antoni in me, but it's so hard to play 10 guys. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, to me, an ideal rotation is eight and a half. So there you go. That, 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 that's nine guys. It's nine guys right there. Um, and you got Boban to round it out of 10. You know? I mean, uh, Boban and where does Ty Ty fit, fit into this? Um, where does Dacia Nix uh, fit into this? Um, unfortunately, I think Garuba might still be the guy that's sort of a, an odd man out, especially can't get on the floor, which again, I forgot to ask you about him. What's the latest on him? Because is, is he healthy? Is he, have you, have you, well, heard I, anything I, about you know, him? he had what the, was it the foot issue, the ankle issue. He just, yeah. he can't get on the, look, last year was a tough year for him. What if I remember again, he had the visa issues, right. And that's why he was a late arrival. Right. To summer league. Like he flew to Spain to summer league, really didn't have a chance to practice. And then he had, he had some injuries last year never could kind of gain any footing whatsoever. So much of what happened to him in his rookie season had nothing to do with him um, as a player. So there was just some things that he just, he had really no control over, but if he can't get onto the floor and again, he was hurt. So I thought this was supposed to be a pretty important summer league for him. If you can't get onto the, if you can't get on the floor, you can't really show who you are. Um, as a player, and as we just kind of illustrated, when you look at the roster as it currently is constructed, there even even if he is healthy, I don't know I don't know where his as a, where his place is in the rotation. And maybe if somebody ultimately gets hurt, maybe there is a spot for him in, in, in that regard. But I, I think he's probably going to see more minutes down in the G League um, than with the Rockets again this year. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be um, he's going to be the G League guy to watch. Uh... And I, I I hope he I really hope he thrives down there because it it would be really fun if he's a part of the Rockets long term future. Um, just another option, you know. Even even if if you know you can't play all these guys, right? All these guys can't hit. Some of these guys you're gonna have to trade away. You're gonna have to consolidate. You're gonna have to get guys in free agency to replace or whatever. But if he hits, he'd be a really fun guy to have around uh, the Rockets. Um, and you know it's gonna be fun to see how uh, Rashid Hazard, I think it's his name, with the Vipers. He's gonna be. It, is he the favorite for head coach? Has it be announced? Oh, I, I, you know what? I have no idea. Right. Uh, I, I, I know Mahmoud got promoted. Mahmoud now with the Rockets, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I can't wait to see how he does with the with that coaching staff. I think he's going to be great. Uh, I, the Rock, the, the Vipers have had a hell of a history with head coaches. Been, their player development history has been superb. I'm mean, going back to – when did they? I mean, was it Aaron Brooks who they first kind of – was he the first guy they really kind of utilized? Yeah. might have been him. Was he? Yeah, um, yeah. They they have a very very positive history. Uh, Terrence Jones. They won. They won three titles along the way too. So um, yeah, they've had a very and they've had not and not to mention the history of the coaches with the Vipers have been pretty solid too. So uh, <laughs> yeah, top of the league. Uh, <laughs> they, they've they've done a great job with the coaches, and that's why I think Mamboot's going to be great. I think yeah, Mamboot's I think he's great. an excellent coach. Um, right, and I I think he's he's somebody that. Um, um, the players have a lot of respect for, and I thought he was terrific last year. I, I, I didn't pay a ton of attention uh, to the to to the Vipers, but obviously he, he he won the title. I thought the team played the right way. I think he's an excellent coach, um, very vocal, um, very vocal person, um, and I think he's a terrific addition to the staff. I, you had to, I think he was. You almost were forced to add him uh, to the staff based on his performance from last year. Yeah, uh, he won uh, G League Coach of the Year. 
last year they they won the championship i think and like yeah, again yeah 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 they, like their seventh banner or whatever like they, they they all they do is win down there in the g league um yeah it's 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 gonna be uh i i'm, I'm really happy for him i really am uh ho- hopefully we can get him on for another podcast although he might be barred from doing that now um but um yeah he's oh. he's great he's great he's great yeah, he's a, he's a good dude, um, and uh, I'm happy for him. And again, he did an, a, a terrific, terrific job. And just uh, again, I going to some workouts over the course um, of the summer. Um, he's he's a pretty vocal, um, no nonsense kind of uh, in your face type of coach that knows exact. He knows what he's doing, and I think he obviously got the best out of the Vipers. Last year, I mean, they were clearly better than anybody else in the G League last year. Um, so, Has relationships with players on the on the roster, KP right, Morgan, right. KPJ, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's a he's a terrific addition um, to the coaching staff. But yeah, I mean, I, and again, I, I think the Rockets. I mean, we we haven't mentioned Nawaba. Um, don't know how we, many. We, of we any don't of have the, to. We don't have to mention how much we don't of have any of, of of the other guys from from the Dallas trade will will be on this team when, when the season starts, but we already outlined nine guys, I think who were firmly. Oh, um, we didn't even mention KJ, right. A part of the, do we mention KJ as part of the, we got to nine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll and, see. Uh, and, we'll uh, see. I, mean, I think he deserves, I think he deserves, yeah, I think he deserves to play as well, to be honest. I think he's a pretty good player. Um, but they get, they, they got some talent, but ultimately they need to take the, the steps, the winning steps that start to translate to, 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 to winning games, but it's still part of the process. They're still very early in the, in the rebuild. Um, but uh, there is much to be excited about. Yeah. It, again, it's going to be really tough to get all these guys minutes. That, that's the tough part about rebuilding teams, right? You want to see everybody, but you can't, it's just like, you have to have a cohesive lineup. As you said, even if you're not trying to win a championship, you are trying to have like con- continuity and, you know, consistent, uh, play game to game so it's 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 just tough i I don't envy uh silas next year but uh i think we about covered everything thank you so much for taking out an hour and 10 minutes out of your day to do this Um, look i'm ready i you know when the season ends i really kind of unplug um whenever that is um whether it's you know at the end of the regular season i'm making the playoffs or it's it whenever the, the, the i kind of whenever the season ends i kind of unplug from things quite a bit up until the, and then once the finals are over, I really in, start getting um, excited about, I was excited about the draft. I was excited about the summer league. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to the start of training camp and seeing where these, where these, um, where these guys are, um, how much they've improved. Um, is jail and the guy as, as, as we talked about um, how much of an impact can Shingun have as a, as a as a as a thirty minute a night um, kind of player, and then ultimately where Eason and Jabari Smith uh, fit in with with this group, and um, and you know, and I, look as we said, if Eric's still on this team, he will start. He deserves it, um, and he will be there. And he's somebody that has, uh, even though he's a pretty quiet guy, he does carry a lot of respect. Uh, in that locker room. And that's very, very important, especially for a veteran guy like him who's, who's been around um, and uh, has been a part of a lot of winning for a long time. So um, I like Eric a lot personally. I mean, on a personal level, I hope they don't trade him because I do like him a lot, um, but he's going to play and he's going to start. Uh, I would be very surprised if he's, if he's here and he's not starting come day one. 
Oh yeah, I mean, and and again, like you know, we we talk about veterans aiding player development. You know, and a lot of that conversation tends to shift to the how is how is he aiding that player development off the floor, right? Is he putting in workouts with such and such player? But on the court, you know, like you know, floor spacing aids player development as well, right? Opening up the floor for for your young guys aids in player development, and I think he's going to be someone that's going to be really helpful if he's here. Yeah, and his defensive versatility, and uh, hopefully he can spin LeBron around um, uh, like he did last year one more time in a Rockets uniform. We'll see. Thank you so much for coming on, Craig. Anytime. Uh, Thank you so much. Where can we follow you on Twitter and find you next season? Uh, The usual spots, AT&T Sportsnet. Looking forward to to working with Ryan and and Kaylee again. In fact, Ryan's in the process of, of moving to Houston full time. I, I don't know. Okay. He was he was actually just in town. I had dinner with him. Um, they're not quite there yet, but he's he's in the process of 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 doing so. Um, so I'm excited about that. Really enjoyed working with him uh, last year, and I thought he did a terrific job. Um, um, you know, sort of. Um, it's tough for an outsider, especially a, a former player that really didn't have any ties to your team. But I thought he did a really good job of of connecting. Um, the Rockets fan base. So I'm excited about that. And where does he live right now? Huh? Where does he live right now? Uh, LA. LA. Okay. Yeah. yeah Houston's yeah. a great place to live. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. biased. So, obviously. Yeah. I think LA, I mean, obviously he's from out that way and went to UCLA and mm-hmm. um, he, um, I think that basically was always his home base, regardless where he was playing. Yeah. I think um, yeah. his family's out there. Um, his wife's family's out there. Um, but obviously last year with, you know, he, he wasn't officially hired until mid September. Um, and then breaking news to me. He, and then he, and then he basically, but uh, he, he got here one week before the start of the preseason. I mean, so the start of the last year for him was very uh, hectic as, as one can imagine uh, when you're trying to, to relocate like that and in short order. But uh, I, you know, I think they're, they're in the process of doing that. He's a really good guy. He's got a wonderful family. Had a chance to go out. Uh, went up with Matt Thomas to watch him play in the Big Three in Dallas. Okay, how do you do? Um, well, in the game that we went to, picked up two fouls in the first four or five minutes. Yeah, and then Lisa Leslie, who's their head coach, sat him down to never put him back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never put him back in. The last couple of weeks, he's his actually his best. For some reason, Joe Johnson hasn't been in the last two weeks. They 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 really missed not having Joe Johnson on their team. He's probably the best player yeah. uh, in the big three. But Ryan's best game of the season hadn't actually occurred this past week. But when we yeah. went, she played him like four minutes. That was it. Rough. I was Rough. not happy about that. Yeah, he got screwed. He got screwed by the coach. <laughs> so. But no, and of course, Twitter, CA underscore Rockets. But yeah, I'm excited about the start of the season, and it will be here before we know it. Okay, I will talk to you down the road, man. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.